Hi guys, welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are both sitting in La Bella Italia trying to figure out what type of date Bella and Edward are on. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. So how's it going this week, Paige? What's up? It's going great. I went to a spirit Halloween today, and I just want to say I wish those stores were open all year long. I walked in. It was 12 o'clock on a Tuesday. There was literally one other person in the store besides the employees, and I just had a great time. I love that so much. I'm torn on that subject because I also wish that they were always around, but I'm like, it's kind of special that they're... That's true. They're seasonal. Um, also, I've told friend of the pod Remy this, but just so that it's on record for all to hear, I want to be cremated and I want some of my ashes spread at a spirit Halloween. <laughs> Doesn't That's matter which one. Just... Extra spooky. Yes, I feel like I that fits my, my spiritual personality and mm-hmm. is a good resting place for at least part of my soul. <laughs> I like that. If you're lucky, you'll end up on one of those animatronic, like Pennywise the Clowns, and you'll forever be in someone's yard during Halloween. That would be magical, yeah. Yeah, happy October, everybody. This is fucking lit. This is my favorite month. Oh, yeah. Me, too. <laughs> October started with off with a bang. Um, hope you guys are hearing this. We might be just talking into the void here. I will spare you guys all the gory details, but last week's episode, episode five, um, where big dreams fly high. Big dreams were not flying high. Listen, my computer, just, not even my computer, my editing software just totally shot a brick. And I ended up spending like 10 solid hours editing last week's episode so I just want you guys to know what goes into this freaking podcast um I'm not complaining because this is like totally a passion project for me but that was fucking brutal I if you don't really speak editing I can't really like distill it for you because it's complicated but basically the file got corrupted it was like if you had to build a treehouse out of only matches because I had to take little tiny pieces of our episode and just slowly put them together but if one fell over then all of them would fall over so it was like very very meticulous you're welcome for getting it out I'm just saying while I was at work this week friend of the pod Emma asked me is it hard to make a podcast and I said Emma I think I'm not the person to ask I think that you should probably ask Emily because she's the one who does all the hard stuff so Emma if you're listening that is the conclusive answer yes Emma normally the answer is no um I used to do not podcast but I used to do similar stuff like professionally for a living so I kind of had already had like the groundwork laid for me but sometimes shit doesn't go according to plan so Long story short, I really hope you guys are hearing this right now. I bet they are. I bet it's going to go great. I bet it is. Your computer was just having a fun Halloween prank? Let's hope so. You know, we got to think positively. So, let's get to it. So, this week we read chapters 8 and 9 of Twilight, which was Port Angeles in theory. So, Paige, you already know what I'm going to ask. What did you think of these chapters? So chapter eight definitely had a lot of great high points for me. I thought there was a lot of good content. There was also a lot of points where I was laughing because it 
was just ridiculous to me. Um, but I thought overall eight was a chapter that I was not expecting, actually. Um, and then nine, I don't want to say it was a letdown, but I just cannot believe that that whole conversation took place in a Volvo. That just makes me LOL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, did you remember any of this from the movie? I'm curious. That's the thing is that in the movie, that all happens in the forest, right? In that really intense scene. Like, because she, she's like, How old are you? And he goes, 17. And then um, she goes, Well, how long have you been 17? And he goes, A long time. I'm pretty sure that happens in the forest, but in this chapter, it happens while they're driving home. Yeah, they kind of like piecemealed it. So these scenes actually do happen in the movie, but there's different dialogue. It's not as long. So mm -hmm. all of that happens. And then, yeah, the forest thing happens. They just move some of the dialogue from these chapters that we read to that. Okay, gotcha. But anyways, yeah, there are a couple, couple heavy hitters. Um, some crazy shit goes down, so... Yeah, I do not remember chapter eight happening at all in the movie. That was all, like, basically new information for me. Really? I'm very surprised by that because it's kind of an intense scene in the movie. Like, I can hear the music <laughs> in my head right now. It's pretty quick, though, so I can see how you might have forgotten about it. Because I kind of just bop right by. Yeah. But anyways, let's get into it. So... We left off last week with the girls going to Port Angeles um, to look for dresses. So it's Jessica, Angela, and Bella. So they're just doing their girl talk thing. Um, and I find it interesting that Jessica's like trying to get Angela to say who she likes. Like that's such high school girl shit, but Angela will not do it. Do you have any theories on who she might be into? It would just destroy me. If she was also into Bella, I would be R.I.P. <laughs> that would be incredible. I can't comment because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but yeah, that would be amazing. I think some people probably have written fan fiction about that, whether or not it's true. <laughs> so, if you guys know of any good uh, Bella Angela fan fiction, you know, Paige might be interested. That's a link. Um, but so Bella's trying to get Jessica off of Angela's back. So she kind of gets the subject to change or whatever. So a lot of this is just kind of like setting up the scene, um, of their travel and what the, the town Port Angeles is like. Um, but one thing that's interesting that happens kind of early on, on page 153, I wanted to know what's your take on this whole thing where Bella has never been to a dance before. She's never had a boyfriend before. Cause Jessica and Angela are shocked, but... I mean, I don't think it's that shocking, knowing Bella's character, but it's probably shocking for them, seeing that literally three boys basically asked her out in the span of, like, one week. So, or, like, two days, basically. So, it's probably shocking to them, although from what we've read about in Bella's character and how she's presented herself, I don't think it's that surprising. Like, she seems more... I think we've talked about it in the past... A little introverted, a homebody, probably doesn't want to go out to these crazy things. So I'm not surprised, but I can see why they would be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, question B, what's your take on this whole Tyler situation where he's telling everyone that he's taking Bella to prom? 
I, why would you do that? It's just absolutely bizarre. I mean, I guess I could see some weird guy doing that. Just being like, yeah, I'm, she said, yes, I'm going to prom with her, even though it's not real. It's just like, why would you do that though? You know, what, what is there to gain? Yeah, it's weird. I guess like a, a, he's like trying to stake a claim or something. I don't know. It's gross. Yeah, well, we find out why Lauren doesn't like her in that very moment. Yes, I'm glad that you brought that up. That was literally my next note. Um, it's so funny. God, I listened to last week's episode literally 12 times trying to fix it. But I, so I am very familiar with our Lauren discussion. I am going to be 100% honest with you here. I totally forgot about this situation, like the Tyler thing, asking her to prom or whatever. So when I asked you about Lauren, like I wasn't like trying to lead you to be like, why do you think she's being mean? I legit was like, why is she so mean? <laughs> and then when I reread this, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why Lauren doesn't like her. Um, as Angela, I think, points out. No, Jessica does. Either way, it's hilarious. So um, the girls obviously get to the dress shopping thing. Bella helps them both pick them out. Um, and they, they both get their options. And then they go on to get accessories and shoes. I have to say, like, Bella says something about, I guess there was something to be said for limited choices. That's on page 154. Um. First of all, I want to say I love this shit. Like, I love reliving, like, what it was like to shop for dresses. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. Like, get in, bitch, we're going shopping. (laughs) But with, like, these few options, there's no way that there's not going to be repeat dresses at that dance. Like, you know it's going to be. Yeah, no fucking way. So, while Angela is trying on shoes and Bella's kind of hanging out, she kind of plucks up the courage to ask, um, like, basically why the Colons haven't been around the past few days. Um, Like, are they out of school a lot? And Angela explains that whenever the weather's good, they, like, are not in school. They just go backpacking as a whole family or whatever. And I think it's cool of her to, like, not be like, why do you ask? Why do you care so much? What's going on? Like, to just answer the question and then let it be. Yeah. I actually wrote down for that line specifically that just seems unbelievable to me. Like, is the school just letting them not be in school multiple times to go on a non-necessary trip, you know? Like, I I feel like if my parents call me out of class, like, what I'm assuming is probably the sixth or seventh time to just go on a hike, you know? I don't know. That would be kind of weird to me. Yeah, agreed. Maybe it's because, like... Their dad's a doctor, or I don't know. There could be other factors at play that maybe you don't know about, is all I'm saying. So maybe if they're all, like, I guess maybe they could get away with it. I don't know. It is weird, though. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out more later. Um, so the gals finish their shopping, and they had planned to go to dinner at this Italian restaurant, but it's a little bit early, so they, so Jessica and Angela are going to go walk around the boardwalk or whatever, and Bella, who wants some alone time as an introvert, I feel you, girl, um, wants to go look for a bookstore and insists on going by herself. So she goes to the one that Jessica says that she knows about, but it turns out being kind of like, um, I don't even know what the word would be for this. Like, 
I guess a hippie bookstore. Just she says there's like crystals and stuff, which I'm like, girl, you don't have to drag crystals. Some people are really into them. She's kind of rude about yeah, it. Yeah, I was reading and I was like, I kind of want to go in the store. <laughs> yeah, and she like talks bad about the woman who, like, she says, fifty year old woman with long gray hair worn straight down her back, clad in a dress right out of the '60s, smiling welcome welcomingly from behind the counter. I'm like, I bet you'd have a good combo with her if you gave her a chance. Yeah, I bet she'd be really nice. Yeah. She would. Um, so Bella's, like, not down, I guess, for that. So she starts looking around for a different bookstore. And she's not really paying attention that much to where she's going because she's thinking about how, like, disappointed she is that she hasn't seen Edward in a few days. And they're supposed to be going to Seattle together in, like, three days from now or four days, whatever. And... This line on page 156 where she says, stupid, unreliable vampire, I thought to myself. I'm like, that made me LOL. Like, of all the things to be pissed about, you literally called him a vampire in this and you're pissed that, like, he hasn't been in school? Has it not occurred to you that maybe he has bigger fish to fry? (laughs) I don't understand. I do not understand. Whatever. Okay, so, yeah, this scene, obviously, anyone who's read this book knows kind of what it's leading up to, and it's all extremely unpleasant. But essentially, Bella gets lost, and she gets very close to being sexually assaulted, is basically what's implied. Mm -hmm. Um, Four guys kind of end up cornering her, and... She she feels kind of, like, desperate. She's trying to work up, like, the voice enough to scream, or she's thinking about fighting them. She's going through, like, self-defense techniques in her mind. Um, it's all just very scary scene. Um, and it's scary in the movie, too, although I think it's actually scarier in the book. Because, like I said, in the movie, they, it's very fast. And it's almost like frat boys in the movie that they have playing these characters. Which to me, in the book, I don't know about you, Paige, but they seem like full-grown adults. Like, they do not seem like college kids. I don't know. It's not really ever said, but... I thought that at one point she said one of them was in his 20s. So I was picturing, like, in their 20s kind of people. Okay, okay, that's fair. So yeah, maybe they did kind of depict them fairly in the, the book and the movie, you know, comparing them. Mm-hmm. there is a different side to the story that's in Midnight Sun that you don't know about. Um, so that's kind of why I'm like looking at this from a different perspective. But anyways, yeah, it's just a terrifying scene. Um, so right when Bella is like working up the courage to scream for help, um, right away, here comes Edward. So he kind of drives right into the fray with his car. And she jumps out, she tries to jump out in front of the car, but before she has a chance, he, like, fishtails around and, like, throws open the door and tells her to get in. So one thing that I thought was really interesting, so when he first shows up is on page 162. Um, I'm I'm assuming you thought this was Edward, right? Yeah. Yeah, I assumed you did, but it's crazy because I was looking at it and I'm like, they actually don't even say that it's him until like three pages later I I just used I mean I guess that's true that they didn't use his name but I just used context clues from the 
top of 162. So it says a silver car. And you know that his car is silver. I did know that going in. And then the next line is, get in a furious voice commanded. I literally just assumed that was Edward from his emotional state. I literally just thought it was him just from that. Like him being angry again for no good reason. I mean, he does have a good reason. You find out later. But no information. He just shows up upset. I'm like, oh, it's Edward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that you're supposed to get it from context clues. And maybe I'm just overanalyzing it, but I don't know. It was just weird to me. I'm like, are we, like, is she, like, not wanting to use his identity here for a certain reason? Like, is she dehumanizing him almost? Because as we find out later, like, he's far from his human side in this moment. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overanalyzing it, but I thought it was kind of weird. So, obviously, Bella gets in the car, um, and they start driving away at top speed, and she realizes that, as Paige had mentioned, Edward is next-level pissed, and he asks her to distract him, um, and she brings up the Tyler thing, and it seems to kind of work, actually. He, like, almost it seems like kind of gets himself together and he opens his eyes, which I'm like, you're telling me this man was driving with his eyes closed. There are parts where he's like looking up at the ceiling and like looking out the window. And I'm like, what am I? Sorry, that was my cat. Go on. One of my biggest things that it really irritates me. And, um, I, Tina is scratching herself right next to the camera. I don't know if you could hear that or not. You're communicating. Um, one thing that really irritates me, if it happens to me, is if, I, if I'm being driven by someone else, someone is giving me a ride, and they drive dangerously, I never do that when someone is in my car. I try to drive as safe as possible because it's not just my life. It's my passenger's life. So the fact that he has no care, like, sis, I know you're immortal, but Bella is not immortal right now. So maybe have some awareness of that. And if you care about her so much, maybe act on that. Yeah, and... Bella says something to that effect a little bit later on, which we'll get into, but she's like, yeah, if you wrap this car around the tree, you could walk away. I can't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's inconsiderate at the very least. Inconsiderate. Even if he is like a really good driver or supernatural or whatever, I'm like, make an effort. It's the least <laughs> you can do. The least. So he... Finally, Bella asks him what's wrong, and this is on page 164, and he says, sometimes I have a problem with my temper, Bella, but it wouldn't be helpful for me to turn around and hunt down those dot, dot, dot. At least, that's what I'm trying to convince myself. So he's just being very ominous right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Bella is kind of like, so my friends were waiting for me and probably think I'm dead. So, of course, he, like, whips around and goes back to the restaurant, which, um, I guess I'm jumping the gun on this, but you were right! He can read minds! Because it's like, how did he know where they were gonna go to dinner? And can I just say, okay, obviously, I am talking about this from a perspective, like, this situation has never happened to me. I'm not a survivor of sexual assault or anything like that. 
But I do think it's, like, pretty selfish for Edward to be like, distract me. It's like, why don't you distract her? She's the one who just had a really scary experience. Yeah, that is really fucked up and selfish. But also, I feel like Edward hasn't really, aside from saving Bella's life two times now, um, he kind of hasn't been super selfless when it comes to treating Bella with, you know, respect and all that jazz. So not really that fucking surprised. Me neither. Just wanted to point it out that I think it's gross and unacceptable behavior. Maybe think about the person who is actually in danger. Not me. For once in your life. (sighs) Anyways, so they get to the restaurant and Bella, like, stops Angela and Jessica from leaving. And they see that she's with Edward and are shook. You know who's shook? Who else is shook? Me, that they ate without her. Hold on. Hold on. My notes right here. Uh-huh. You ate while your friend was missing in a new town? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, I never do this. Never. How long has she been gone? Like, how late is she, realistically? A half an hour? Maybe an hour? Yeah, no, it is quite shocking that also you could eat like I would be so worried yes the fact that they were just munching on their breadsticks fucking living it up I can't handle it yeah I was feeling pro Angela going into this and this definitely had me take Angela down a peg yeah me too but then I'm like trying to make myself feel better like maybe Jessica made her maybe Jessica like said she had to eat or whatever she had to be home by a certain time or whatever but I'm like either way that was sorry Sorry, I I know that this is not, this is uncanon, but let's just say I'm Jessica's parents, and Jessica comes home 45 minutes late. I'd be like, hey, you're 45 minutes late. She'd be like, Bella was missing. We had to find her. Like, I wouldn't be upset if I found out that they were late because they were trying to help their friend who was missing. If I found out, like oh, that she came home on time, but literally left her friend there without even, like, trying to find her, I would be so upset. You know, like, that is, like I said, uncanon. We don't know any if any of that is true or if Jessica made her, you know, it's all this and that. But, like, yeah, maybe it, that was unbelievable to me. I don't think any of my friends in high school would have done something like that if I was missing. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. And I feel like uh, we've talked about this before, but I'm like, did you guys not have cell phones? Like, we know Bella doesn't have one, but maybe one of them does, and they could have, like... Oh, though. Like, did people have cell phones in 2005? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm gonna leave that right where it is, because every week we wonder about a different thing about 2005, and people are probably like, get a clue. You are not allowed to have a podcast if you can't remember what happened in 2005. (laughs) Apple Podcast is going to kick us out. Anyways, all of that's ridiculous. I hope you agree with us, dear listeners, because we are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, basically, Bella gets them to leave. I love that she winks at them (laughs) to be like, can you please go away? But then, it doesn't make any sense because... Once they leave, 
Bella's like, honestly, I'm not hungry. I'm like, this guy is literally offering free pasta and alone time. What is the hesitation? Not to like, like shit on anything, because I get that same. But when you go into a fight or flight response, basically your body stops all the unimportant shit going on and is like, we're going to focus on what's important for survival right now, which is like, your heart's going to be beaten, your eyes are going to be working, your blood is going to be pumping to get oxygen to your skeletal muscles so you can get out of there or you can fight. Things that are not important, um, digestive actions, um, you having to pee, um, your sex organs doing what they're supposed to be doing. So her not feeling hungry, I think, is okay. However, all of that aside, if a man is offering to pay for my dinner at an Italian restaurant, I'm going to be interested. (laughs) And it's my crush, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't even taking that into account. And yeah, that was insensitive of me because it's totally normal for her to not be hungry. Yeah. I think I was just like in the moment, you know, like thinking about Bella has wanted, like she's been missing Edward for however many days because he hasn't been around. But yeah, totally understandable response. And you are right. Um, So finally he talks her in to going in. He, He basically just says, humor me. And everyone in this restaurant is hashtag obsessed with Edward. And by everyone, I just mean the hostess and the waiter. But if me and Paige were there, I'm not kidding. We would be in the booth, like, a little bit away away from them being like, do you think they're dating? Do you think this is a first date? Do you think they're brother and sister? (laughs) I think the first thing that would probably... All of my friends who know me now, this is part of my vernacular. It is just in my lingo. I say it all the time. I would definitely have said, I'd probably bone him. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. If the descriptions are true, who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, basically the, the hostess and the waitress are like water falling out of my mouth right now. I'm trying to drink and I can't even do it. Like... That's the response. So he must be freaking hottie McToddy. He must be. And he pulls this whole thing where he slips her a tip to give them a more private table. That is a literal ancient move. Like, that was like, this is an old man. This is not, this is not a teenager. This is a fucking 80-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. Frequently, when I go out to eat with my family... My mom does not like booths. Like, she just doesn't like, like, they hurt her hips or whatever. So we, like, always end up asking for a table. And if we forget to do it, like, when we first check in with the hostess or the host, like, we'll have to obviously tell the person seating us, which is also usually the host, obviously. But, um, like, my dad never tips <laughs> because they're normally like, oh, no problem, and, like, move us to a table. Like, why was this necessary? I think it's just... Uh, not care. I think it's a characterization of like, not only is he hot, but also this man tips. You know, he's got he's got means. I guess I'm assuming his family. His dad is a doctor, so they're probably a little more well off. Yeah, yeah. That's and a good also thought. they've had eons to accumulate wealth. So I don't know. <laughs> 
Who's to say? Me, I know I could say, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. So um, I find it hilarious that <laughs> Bella calls him out on this shit. I, my note for the bottom of page 167 is three letters, all capitals, D-E-D, dead. When he's like, when she's like, you really shouldn't do that to people. It's hardly fair. And he's like, do what? And she's basically like, flirt with them. Essentially is what she's saying. And then he's like, do I, do I dazzle you? And she is like, frequently. (laughs) Also the line where she says you haven't noticed do you think everybody gets their way so easily i'm like t bella hell yeah seriously but anyways they get seated and the waitress is really trying to slide into those dms but in person and he's pretty much just ignoring her i don't think he's being rude which is good because Honestly, I wouldn't put it past him to be rude. And one of my, like, main bellwethers of someone's character is how they treat waiters or waitresses or people who are serving them. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's rude because he, like, answers all her questions. And as we find out later, probably leaves a generous tip because he doesn't even look at the bill. (laughs) He just puts some cash in there and says, keep it. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of how you were saying that you think they might be of means. Bella kind of notices that he's dressed really nicely, which I'm like, what high school boy wears a fucking ivory turtleneck sweater? Is this a Calvin Klein model? I'm confused. I was literally thinking Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, could be that too. Could be. I My note for that was his outfit. Oh, that was a weird. <laughs> Sorry. His outfit is rich boy shit. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So Edward, um, like, is trying to get force her to eat because he's worried that she's going to be going to shock, which you kind of had alluded to earlier. Um, so then she mentions that she has another theory to present to him, but first she wants to ask some questions. And her first question... I'm kind of like skipping through just because this is all dialogue pretty much. Um, her first question is why he was in Port Angeles. And her next question is about like, she presents a hypothetical, which we all know is not a hypothetical scenario in which someone could read minds. And I wrote, Paige was right. He can read minds. So what was your reaction to this? I mean, do you want me to tell you how, what my real reaction was? Yes. I felt really smug. <laughs> As you should. I was like, hmm, guess I was right. I That was really hard line for me to walk because I figured you remembered that from the movie, but then you had said something early on in maybe like our first full content episode, which I was like, I guess she doesn't remember it. So I was like, okay, don't say anything. Don't give anything away. So then I was always like asking you, like, how do you think he knows that? <laughs> so it was fun. I mean, maybe I do remember it, and I'm not consciously remembering that I'm remembering it. I guess that's plausible, but maybe I'm not remembering it. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like you're not because you had said at the beginning of this episode that you don't remember this all happening in the movie, and I'm pretty sure this is the only time it's specifically brought up in the movie. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I knew that about... Does that ever happen in Teen Wolf? 
do they have some kind of like a any of the wolves can kind of like have a sense of what people are thinking no not that i know of well i don't know i think you deserve all the credit because you were right thank you guys i i'm doing it for you (laughs) remember us when you make your millions before we continue on can i just point something out that i read it and I literally Millie was in the kitchen front of the pod Millie was in the kitchen she's my roommate Um, (laughs) and I was like I cannot believe I just read this (laughs) what was it it's on page 170 and it's when Bella is realizing she forgot her jacket in Jessica's car Mm -hmm. so Edward gives her his jacket and I'm just exactly what you're gonna say (laughs) just gonna read the little, little bit he handed me the jacket, interrupting me, ogling. Thanks, I said again, sliding my arms into his jacket. It was cold, the way my jacket felt when I first picked it up in the morning, hanging in the drafty hallway. I shivered again. It smelled amazing. I, she knows he's a vampire. Oh, I mean, she doesn't know, but like, she heavily suspects at this point that he's a vampire. And she just put on his jacket, which should be warm, and it's just straight up cold. And her first thing that she says is smelled amazing like sorry but that would be me (laughs) yes that I when I reread this I can't remember my initial reaction when I read it the first time but when I reread this I was like I can't believe I forgot to stop at this part too when I was going through the plot but I was like I wonder how Paige is gonna react to this shit I'm just like this is such a classic 17-year-old girl who got her crush's jacket move. This would be me. If I got my crush's jacket, I'd be like, hmm, it's real. This this evidence is really supporting my idea that he's a supernatural being, but. <laughs> they just smelled her own shirt. She mimed smelling her own shirt, just so you guys know. Paige just smelled her own shirt. <laughs> I just had to, I felt like I had to describe it to the audio-only listeners. It was just a funny sentence. (laughs) Did you ever do that thing, maybe this was just psychopath me, but um, whenever, like, do you remember when we did jersey auctions? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, for anyone who didn't go to weird, like, Catholic high school, maybe they do this in public school too, I don't know, but they would literally, like do these things during spirit weeks for like homecoming or prom or whatever, where they would auction off quote unquote jerseys, but really they would make the person who wore them stand in front of everyone and just wait for people to bid. Thank God I never had to participate in one of those. Like men obviously get so much privilege and, you know, get a lot of things that women don't, but they also sometimes get the short end of the stick. And this is one of those times like, I would hate that. So it was usually football and soccer players. I think that was it, right? They didn't do like lacrosse or anything. I think it was, I think it was just those two. But anyways, all that is to say, whenever I had those, like one time I had one for my ex, like I had bought his jersey or whatever. Um, Whenever I would give it back, I would literally like douse that shit in my perfume like literally not bathe it but almost bathe it so that when I gave it back to them I'd be like now you smell like me motherfucker (laughs) that is amazing I only ever bid on 
Tommy's jersey, and I don't think I did that, but I don't know. I actually, I, I don't remember. I, was I wearing smells at that point? Actually, I was. I was pretty heavy into smells. It's so. a Japanese cherry blossom. That's what I did back then, I think. Yo, I am having a tuck everlasting moment right now. I have not thought about Japanese cherry blossom since going to the mall in like 2009 with everyone. Yeah, for real, for real. Shout out to um, Bath and Body Works. Sorry, I had to think out both Bath and Body Works and Bed Bath and Beyond, Mm -hmm. figure out which one is the right one. I have to do it every single time for (laughs) both stores because I get them confused I would say every time I talk about them (laughs) well you got it right this time so good job yeah uh shout out to Bath and Body Works for making all of my favorite smells in middle school you know you really you really hit the nail on the head on that one amen yeah I don't know if by like senior year of high school I was still wearing those because I think I had transitioned to like big girl perfume but you know what while I'm confessing I have to live this whole truth I can't just tell half of it I did this shit in college too like I would steal my ex-boyfriend's clothes and then do this shit and give it back to him why did I do this why did I think this was a good idea I I know I've talked a lot about friend of the pods this episode but friend of the pod and also person who made our music Danny he fights me on this all the time but I feel like we as human beings know that our smells are what I I believe this I don't know if everyone else does but I I'm a really big supporter of pheromones and like the smells that we put out are like what people smell and are like I'm attracted to that or I'm not attracted to that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we as like girls like know about like smells or like, oh, I got to put my smell out there. He's got to smell me and love it, you know? <laughs> yes. You know what? I'm taking the power back. This started out as an embarrassing story, but you know what? Maybe it was a little bit of witchcraft on my part. You don't know. I like that. It, it was witchcraft. I mean, I've been single for <laughs> almost three years. No. Four years straight now, so I don't think it really worked that well. Maybe you just don't have the right um, uh, combination of smells. You gotta, you gotta get your potion right. Yep. You gotta, you gotta get the formula. Ravioli, ravioli. Give them that correct formula. Formula. You know? yep. Yeah. That is a perfect transition to my next note. <laughs> I. This is irrelevant to everything, but. <laughs> For page 172. I know exactly what your note is gonna be. I knowing that transition, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> this is a direct quote from my notes. Quote, oh to be eating mushroom ravioli on the Olympic Peninsula with my crush. End quote. <laughs> I wish. I, as someone with celiac disease who can't eat regular pasta. Yeah. I Oh, to be eating mushroom ravioli with your crush on this gorgeous shorefront, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she is straight up wearing her crush's jacket. Like, she can smell that. She can get all of his great man smell as much as she wants. She even talks about it at the end when she has to give it back before he drives away that she smells it one last time. <laughs> yes, one last whiff. So funny. So, 
Anyways, back to the plot. Okay, anyways is something that would go on our masks. I was, I've been listening for things that we say a lot. Anyways is definitely one of them. Yes, and I, in listening to the last episode 12 times, I forgot that this is where I got this from, but if any listeners slash page has noticed that I say anyways like that, I say it because um, that's literally how Amanda Bynes says it in the movie She's the Man when she's pretending to be a man, which I don't know why a guy would say anyways, but I think it's the funniest thing in the world, so I've been doing it since, like, 2013, or whenever that movie came out. I love it. (sighs) Anyways. So Edward basically confirms that he can read minds, um... And he seems kind of just, like, devastated in this whole conversation. Not devastated, that's the wrong word, but just, like, emotionally strung out. I'm like, honey, you need to go to therapy, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, So at the bottom of page 173, Bella tries to, like, convince him to talk more by saying, you can trust me, you know. He says, I don't know if I have a choice anymore. His voice was almost a whisper. I was wrong. You're much more observant than I gave you credit for. It's like, calm down. (laughs) And then she says, I thought you were always right. I used to be. Once again, calm down. <sighs> so finally he admits that he followed her to Port Angeles and was keeping track of her through like other people's thoughts. And that he lost tabs on her when she like went off on her own because he can't hear her thoughts. Um And then admits that it was very hard for him to take Bella away from her would-be attackers and not kill them. I do have a question for you. Do you think it's creepy that he followed her? I, I mean, yes. But I'm kind of glad he did it. Like, it is creepy, don't get me wrong. But, like, I mean... He kind of saved the day. I mean, I'm pretty sure she was thankful that he was there. I mean, she got into his car immediately. I I mean, she was jumping in front of that car before she even knew it was Edward. Like, she was thankful that someone, anyone was there to get her out of that situation, which I think is a really smart thing to do if you're in a really dangerous situation like that. Reach out, grab anyone, get them get someone else involved to say like, I need help. Yeah. Please, please do something. So I think that she was thankful he was there. I'm, I do think it's a little creepy and also (laughs) using your supernatural powers for maybe not the best reasons, but he did save her. So I will give him that. That's exactly how I feel, too. I'm like, meh, probably shouldn't have done it, but glad you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you, you just mentioned this, so I also wanted to talk about it, too. Edward has been talking about that he's dangerous, and Bella shouldn't, you know, should be aware of that, and should try and hold herself back. And, you know, Bella has been also keeping that on her brain, like, he's been saying he's dangerous. I need to, I need to make sure that I'm paying attention to that. I don't think that she was, I mean, she kind of suspected he was a vampire, 
I don't know, though, if she, like, really, like, really got that confirmation. Like, this moment on page 176 is the first time that Edward talks about straight up killing someone. Like, if I were her, if I feel like if I was there in that situation, this would make my stomach drop a little bit. Like, this is, like, just straight up confirmation that he would murder someone. He would, like, kill someone. And the only, and then not to joke about a very serious situation, but when I was, when I was trying to put myself into that situation, you know the meme of Mike Wazowski, but he has, like, Sully's face. Yes. Photoshopped onto it. (laughs) Yes. It's just, like, standing there like this. That would have been me if my crush was like, I'm dangerous. And then I get the confirmation that he would kill someone. I'm like, oh, shit. It's real. No. (laughs) Like, I feel like I would be astral projecting out of my body. Like, so you're probably wondering how I got myself into this situation. (laughs) (laughs) You are absolutely right. Yeah. I feel like Bella... I feel like intellectually, she, with all her research and her story from Jacob and all that that jazz, she intellectually knows that he is a supernatural creature vampire. But it's one thing to know it, and it's a whole other thing to have it slap you across the face like that. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, and I feel like Bella's a combo of that Mike was asking me, and then that white guy who like does that blinking thing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, I compare myself to that gift all the time. Yes. So that's pretty much the end of their lovely little dinner. <laughs> so then um, he's like, are you ready to go home? And Bella very smoothly is like, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to be alone in the car with you. <laughs> Moon. <laughs> but this is when I mentioned it earlier. Edward literally doesn't even (laughs) look at the bill. He just puts the money in the little pocket checkbook, whatever thing. I don't know what you call it. And leaves. So that poor waitress did not get his number. I'm sure she was wanting it. (laughs) I'm just going to say, as someone who, like, does use my tips that I get from work, I mean, my job isn't as tip centered as a waitressing job but I mean even if she didn't get his number I'm assuming it was probably a lot a good tip you know I don't know what kind of a restaurant this is I don't know what the tip situation is Mm -hmm. but the way that it's worded is I think meant to insinuate that it is a good tip like that was the vibe that I picked up from that maybe she's not that upset you know maybe she's maybe maybe she's excited I would be I would be kind of excited I'm not gonna lie yeah, I would be too. I, um, for Paige knows this, but for our listeners, I was a waitress at Cracker Barrel for six weeks. That's as long as I could take it before I had to throw on the towel because I do not have the attitude to be a waitress. But um, this one time, this couple, probably our age, came in just high as kites, just absolutely baked out of their minds. And they didn't even order very much. I think they ordered like small meals and maybe like a piece of pie. And literally tipped me $50. And I was like over the moon because I would get really bad tips because 
A large part of their clientele is older people who believe that 10% is a good tip. And um, I just got bad tips because I had a bad attitude. <laughs> and I, like, like if they, if someone, like a customer was like, this is cold or this is the wrong thing, I'd be like, okay. And, <laughs> and then if they would say it was cold, they would legit take it back, put it in the microwave <laughs> and bring it back out. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is a health code violation, but whatever. I'm Anyways. pretty sure that's how the majority of, like, big American restaurants function. True, true. I, true. I have um, one of my friends, her boyfriend's roommate works at a restaurant like that, and he was filling me in on how, how they prepare their shit, and it was a bummer because... It's a restaurant I really enjoy. Uh, yeah, not you can tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> okay, I will, I will let you know. I will let you know. I don't know what your opinion is on it, so I don't want to ruin it for you. But it kind of ruined it for me because I mentioned my favorite item on the menu, and he was like, "Oh, sweetie, no, <laughs> that's a bummer. That that's your favorite item." It was. I know I've said it. I've said it a million times before, and I will say it a million times after. It was a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a bummer. I kind of already knew that about the food industry because I worked in the restaurant at our local zoo for like four, not consecutive years, but four summers and then through a whole year, one of the years. Anyways, no one cares. But that place was gross. (laughs) Um, I mean, like all places are. Just some of the shit that we did was kind of gross. I remember one time that they were like, the health inspector's coming. Go break down cardboard boxes. (laughs) Just like, why is that? Okay, whatever. But so I kind of already knew going into it, and I think I was already disillusioned with the whole process. So that was another thing that made me an extremely bad waitress. And I own up to it. I was just bad. <laughs> I was horrible. And half the time, oh my God, my tables would be like, I was just telling friend of the pod Remy this the other day. <laughs> half the time, my table would like wave me down while I was doing something else, and I'd come over and they'd be like, Where's our food? And I'd be like, I'm sure it's coming. And then I'd like go back to the kitchen and be like, shit, I did not ring it in. <laughs> and it would have been like 30 minutes of past. And that happened to me multiple times. I'm just gonna say it. You just hear Tina? No. She just went <laughs> made a, a very loud sound in response, but I think Tina and I both agree. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes is right. Uh, short but horrible career. Anyways. Anyway. Um, so they go to leave the restaurant. And I think it's funny that Bella is like thinking about how Jessica and Mike are about to have their first kiss. And she's like, it's just like, I feel like Bella's worried about the wrong things. <laughs> like you're like thinking about kissing a vampire girlfriend. I don't know. Maybe prioritize a little. I mean, I, this has been a reoccurring thing, but I would say that that is a character trait of Bella does not know how to prioritize. She is not focusing on the important things. This is not the first time it's happened and I'm certain it won't be the last. I mean, she was, she put on his fucking vampire jacket. Literally the note I took for that, that thing that I brought up earlier. 
vampire jacket, but boy, does it smell good. <laughs> that was the note I took for that. Um, she's not focusing on the important things here. She's not. She's not. It reminds me of that line in the first Harry Potter movie where Ron Weasley about Hermione is like, she needs to sort out her priorities. I'm like, Ron, where were you towards Bella? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so they get back in the car, and um, he's like, all right, now you got to tell me what's up. So that's the end of chapter eight. Did you have any notes that we didn't cover? No, we, we went over all of them. All right, good. Keep it moving. Do you see now why I didn't stop at one chapter, even though this was a lot of stuff to cover? Because I knew you would be pissed at me if yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I would be I would be like, I want to read more. Mm-hmm. That would yeah. be a bad cliffhanger to end on. It would. So they get into the car, obviously, as I already said, LOL. Um, Bella asks a couple more questions about like how he knew which direction she had gone in. And he said that he followed her scent, which sounds like something Paige would do based on what she has told us today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Follow those pheromones. <laughs> and then she asks about how his mind reading works. So were you surprised that it was just him, that his whole family can't do it? I was, actually, I was. I thought it was a vampire thing. So that was kind of surprising. Nice, yeah. And then he kind of describes it um, where he says he, like, kind of has to focus on a certain voice to, like, pick out what it's saying. And his family is more familiar. He does say his family, right? Yeah, the more, well, he doesn't really, but the more familiar. So I took that to mean, like, his family's probably. And then Bella asks why he can't hear her. And he doesn't really have a good answer. He's just like, your mind doesn't work the same way theirs do. And then she's kind of offended by this. Like she calls herself, um, she says, I'm a freak, question mark. Would you be offended by this? Or would you be like, I feel like I'd be kind of flattered. I would be, I would think that I was mysterious, you know, like, or there's some, I, I think a lot about this now because I majored in anthropology, but I think about like traits that people have that, kind of allowed them to have an upper hand that you know the traits that got passed down um through natural selection you know selecting out the bad traits and promoting the ones that are good I'd be like I got some good traits I got something that really made me and my ancestors not get eaten by vampires (laughs) yeah yeah, that's a really good point. I had not thought about it through that lens, but that's I, interesting. I don't think most people think about it in that lens. I'm just saying that that's just something that I personally do. No, I'm glad that you brought it up because that's what makes like shows like ours interesting is like all these different perspectives that people bring to like popular stuff. That's true. That is true. Not to get all deep or whatever. <laughs> so after they have that whole conversation about Edward reading minds, Bella once again pull, hits us with the holy crow. <laughs> she realizes. I saw it that time. I read it a second time and I even wrote holy crow. You're welcome. <laughs> she realizes that he's going like a hundred miles an hour, which Paige and I had talked about this earlier, so we won't reiterate the point too much, but she's just very annoyed as she should be. I mean, I was. Yeah, and I love that his love means hate, by the way, in this context. His compromise is slowing down to 80. I'm like, okay, I go 80 when I'm 
and I have 10 minutes to get to work and I left 27 minutes late. I am picturing the speed limits that are around the area where you live. I'm like, I think the max in that town is like 55. (laughs) The interstate is 65, but I'm like... But that's the interstate. (laughs) Yeah, but I take the interstate to work. Oh, okay. I didn't know that you did that. (laughs) Yeah, but to your credit, I used to do that shit in high school, especially senior year, because I had a TA first period. So I was not motivated. Well, every other week, you know, because we switched, but... I was not motivated to be there on time, and I would literally leave at, like, 7.42, and I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> so then I'd, like, be in the neighborhoods by our school, like, going so fast. God, that was so reckless. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> I literally tweeted at the beginning of 2020, which, you know, didn't know what this year had in store for us, but I said, um, my New Year's resolution for this year is to stop driving like I'm on Mario Kart. <laughs> It's a bad girl. I mean, have you? No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's October. You There's still two months. That's true. Three months, I guess. Two yeah. and a half. Yeah. Two and three quarters. I'll do it for you. Thank you. I'll try. I'll try. I'll let you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Finally, Bella gets to the point and says that she got her theory from Jacob Black. And I love that Edward freezes. Like he's flight, fight, or freeze. I don't know what Edward is, but in this case, he's definitely a freeze. But um, this is like such a small thing. But on page 183, when she says, but I saw his knuckles tighten convulsively on the wheel. I'm like, I'm scared. Like, that scares me when men do that. Mm-hmm. And she's alone with a dangerous supernatural creature. I would be scared if I was her. And she already just got the confirmation a little earlier that he would kill. Like, I don't know if she, I like I, I mentioned this earlier, I don't know if she was thinking he's dangerous to that extent. But she got that confirmation, so... Now she's like, damn. She did, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bella kind of just tells him briefly the story about how she manipulated, although she doesn't use that word, I'm using that word because that's what happened, but she manipulated Jacob into giving her this information. And he's trying to seem like he's not interested, but you can tell he's definitely interested in like what she thinks. Um, but then she says, I decided it didn't matter. And he gets mad about that. Why do you think he's so mad? I think it's still kind of residual. He wants her to want to keep herself away. Like, I think he had he was always wanting her to just forget about it and not be worried so it can be swept under the rug and they could both move on. So the fact that she's just once again saying that she doesn't care, that she wants to be involved. He just can't, he can't control that. He can't keep her away from him, which puts her life in danger. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis of where he's at right now. I would agree with that. (sighs) 
So then she's like, I am curious. Basically, it's confirmed without ever being confirmed that he's a vampire. He confirms it. He doesn't deny it. So, like, confirmation by omission, I guess. I mean, I think he confirms it when he says, when she asks how old you are, Mm he says 17, and then he says, I've been 17 for a long time. I think that that's the confirmation right there. I think that's him finally giving in and saying, yep, you're right. That's what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So what did you think about these myths that she's asking about? Did they make you laugh? They kind of made me laugh a little bit where she's like burned by the sun, sleeping coffins, <laughs> garlic. <laughs> I wish she had asked about garlic, but she didn't because they were just at an Italian <laughs> I mean, I kind of, they didn't necessarily make me laugh. I was genuinely curious about them. And he, he, uh, clarified, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I even mentioned, I think in the episode before the beach episode, um, that it seemed weird that he was going out in the sun like, I was like, he's going to sparkle, but then he seems like he's out in the sun all the time. Like, that was something that was on my mind already. So, like, the fact that he's bringing these myths up, these were things that I was thinking about. So, I'm glad that I'm glad that he did it. Yeah, yeah. Are you still confused by that, by the way? Because I think she does a poor job of explaining how they are uh, able to go out. I picked it up. I, 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 I used the context clues and gathered what was going on there. Okay, yeah. I think... I think part of it, too, if you'll remember, like, one of the very first lines of this entire book is, like, how it's the rainiest town in the continental U.S., so, you know, that's probably, like, a factor for them wanting to be there, because then they can go out without people noticing them. Yep, exactly. And, hmm, wonder why they're always getting taken out of school when it's really sunny out. Hmm, I wonder why. According to my calculations... (laughs) Uh, were you shook that he doesn't sleep? I I was a little shook, but then I also kind of remembered that. When he said that, I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember a scene in the movie where she's, like, sleeping and he's just, like, <laughs> watching her. Am I remembering that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> I'm kind of sad for him. I made my love for sleep clear last week, and, yeah, this makes me sad. He seems kind of sad, too, himself. She describes his expression as wistful. I'm like, I don't blame you. I'd want to sleep, too. If nothing else, to just turn off your brain. Especially because this dude can hear thoughts. Can you imagine literally never being able to turn off your brain? So do all the vampires not sleep? Is that talked about later? or? It's not said, but I feel fine telling you that, correct, none of them do. That's um, a symptom of their condition, I might say. So then he gets pissed that Bella asked him what he eats, which I'm like, you know what? That's actually a valid point. Yeah. He is, for once, he's he's speaking the truth. Um, so they clarify that he only hunts animals. Um, but he does, like, kind of, give a little like disclaimer he says this is on page 187 don't let that make you complacent though he warned me they're right to keep their distance from us we are still dangerous we try we're usually very good at what we do sometimes we make mistakes me for example allowing myself to be alone with you 
So he's like, we're trying, but that ain't to say I ain't going to eat you. <laughs> Jesus. Which, like, kind of, I don't know. That just seems lame to me. Like, I care about you, and I'm going to try and save your life. Or I do save your life two times. But also, don't. I'm not making any promises. I'm, I'm still going to maybe endanger your life. Like, come on, man. Yes, 100% agree. My eyes are rolling into the back of my head. On another note, do you realize now why I was laughing when Bella asked about where they were going camping and Charlie was like, too many bears. And I was like, ah, ah, that's so funny. And you were like, what? And then I realized that it wasn't that obvious. (laughs) It's because they went to go hunt. I, yeah, I was thinking that they were just not allowed to go to the beach because it was, like, a territory thing. I didn't realize they were actually, like, had plans, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you thought it was, like, a ruse. That makes total sense. Yeah. I'm not even calling you obtuse here. I'm calling myself obtuse for being like, ha-ha, everyone will get this joke. And I'm like, you didn't get the joke. (laughs) Sad for me, but it's fine. (laughs) It's okay. Everything's fine. (sighs) So then... Bella is, like, actually about to cry because he calls, like, being with her a mistake, which is sad. It makes me sad. She does end up crying a little bit later, which we'll get to here in a second. I did want to point out here, though, at the bottom of page 187, it's like, this is what every monster says in every every movie, every TV show that depicts monsters. He says, I don't want to be a monster. It just reminded me so much. I don't know if you got to the part in Teen Wolf, but do you remember Liam? Do you know Liam, the character? I... Remember him? Isn't he a freshman? He's younger, right? Yeah, he's Scott's beta. I don't Um, remember much about it. I feel like I kind of remember that he turned him to save his life, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And there's this whole cyclical thing that comes back around later in the series, but it's like a famous line from Teen Wolf where Scott tells him, you're not... I think Liam says, I don't want to be a monster. And he says, you're not a monster. You're a werewolf like me. So I was just like, am I reading Teen Wolf? They're teens. (laughs) They are teens. And they are wolves. (laughs) I just feel like in every... I've already said this. But yeah, this is just a very common trope in like monster stories. Yeah. The monster with a conscience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... I we kind of skipped over this part, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it. It really like rubs me the wrong way that Bella is just throwing Jacob under the bus here. Like like you got you manipulated the information out of him and now you're just like like outing him like that. Like I don't he he said like don't don't mention that I told you this, like, don't tell Charlie, like, clearly this is information that maybe he made a mistake in telling Bella, like, giving her too many details, and she just whipped around and is telling Edward all of it, and I mean, I'm assuming Edward's probably gonna go and tell his family, like, poor Jacob is just, like, young and being pretty much seduced by Bella, and now he's probably gonna get in trouble, like, it just bums me out. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I did kind of skate over that. Um, yeah, it is pretty gross. She does, not saying it makes it better, but she does kind of be like, 
Where is the... I'm trying to find it. Oh, on page 183, she says, I worried suddenly... I was worried suddenly, worried about protecting Jacob. It's kind of like, well, it's too late for that. You already, like, identified him by name. So you're right. Yeah, she's being pretty flippant and pretty selfish about him because he was just trying to, like, make her happy. And obviously she manipulated him into it. So, yeah, totally agree with you. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what I was trying to say. Oh, on page 188, you were right about the thoughts. You weren't quite right about the eyes, but I think you were on the right track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, the deal is that, like, they're darker when he's thirsty or whatever. So, yeah, you were pretty close. Um, and kind of related to what you just said, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but with re-Edward's selfishness, he on page 190 he's like basically yelling at her and this is the part where she cries he says ah this is wrong don't you see bella it's one thing for me to make myself miserable but a wholly other thing for you to be so involved i don't want to hear you that you feel that way because she had said it makes her anxious to not see him i don't want to hear that you feel that way it's wrong it's not safe i'm dangerous bella please grasp that i'm like this is like really unfair for him to say these things when he keeps hanging out with her keeps putting himself in a position literally followed her on a day trip she went to like not with him not invited him Mm -hmm. like keeps putting himself in her path so he can't keep being like stop caring about me when I literally flirt with you all the time like make you fall in love with me want to spend time with you literally asked you to go to Seattle with me this weekend like it's bullshit I I know we've talked about it before, but you know what? Edward is the king of gaslighting. <laughs> yep. Just another prime example. Yep, that is 100% true. I'm trying to make sure I didn't skip any anything over over anything important. He promises to show her sometime what happens to them in the sunlight, which anyone who knows anything knows what that's about. <laughs> So after the the passage I just read, that's when Bella starts crying, and he sounded appalled. I'm like, yeah, you should sound appalled, because you made her cry. So great job, asshole. I I read that more negatively. Like, he sounded appalled like he was disgusted with the fact that she was crying, which made, which made me upset. Yeah, that's definitely a, a one way to interpret it. I personally read it as, like, he was, like, actually regretting what he had said. But, which is not to say that I'm right. Um, that's just I kind of hope that one. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I interpret it. Just because on the next page it says, his voice burned with regret. I knew he wasn't just apologizing for the words that had upset me. Which, again, this is all from Bella's perspective, an unreliable narrator, so it could be whatever. But it could be what you thought, too. So, who knows? Um, but after all this, she's like, will I see you tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, I'll save you a seat at lunch. I'm like, what the? Don't yep. save her seat at lunch if you don't want to hang out with you and not be in love with you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so annoyed. Edward, Edward wants, wants to have his cake and eat it, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> <laughs> bonk, bonk. I have nothing to add because you, this episode could have been 30 seconds long. <laughs> You could have just said that, and we would have summed up this entire passage that we read. 
anyways, trying to see if there's anything else that I care about. <laughs> oh, on page, the bottom of page 192, um, they're kind of like saying this long goodbye. This is what we like to call the Catholic goodbye. At least that's what my family calls it because it takes forever to like say goodbye. The opposite of an Irish goodbye which is where you disappear without telling anyone, which yeah. I, I have too much social anxiety. Like I have to say goodbye five times so that people know that I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, no one cares about that. But anyways, um, in the midst of this goodbye, he says, don't go into the woods alone. I'm not always the most dangerous thing out there. Let's leave it at that. What do you think that's about? I mean, I know that there's some kind of other evil force that there's, other books written about um I think that this is just building up for something even bigger like Bella thinks that she's she's diving into something when she's really only scraping the surface yeah yeah I like that prediction we'll see what happens so as I was saying they're they're saying goodbye she promises to stay out of the woods um, they have this moment where it's like, are they going to kiss? What's happening? Because they're like, their faces are really close. Did you think they were going to kiss in this moment? I read that as um, something that was written specifically to be theatrical, like to make it seem like they were going to kiss and then they didn't. Like, I think, I I didn't think that they were going to kiss because I think that I read it and I knew it was purposefully done that way, you know? Yeah, that's one of the many differences between you reading this at your age and all of those who, who read this at 11 and were like, what? I was robbed. Oh, that's so funny. <clears throat> so she finally walks back inside and has a brief conversation with both Charlie and with Jessica. Jessica calls to get the tea, which same, sis. I would do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. But she picks up pretty fast that Bella can't talk because her dad's right there. So, yeah, Bella just is getting ready for bed. Um, She realizes she's freezing. God, this really took me back to Minnesota. There would be times when it would be so cold that, like, I would be in my bed under six blankets and I would still be cold. (laughs) Suffering. (laughs) Been there, done that. Um, I'm sure anybody that lives in a cold climate knows. I don't know why she's so cold. Is it just, like, she's shook? Is it because she's in shock from what almost happened to her? I don't know. They don't really say. I don't know. Maybe it's another comparison of her almost being vampiric herself. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Huh. I hadn't thought of that. That's interesting. Um, and then the last little paragraph of this chapter is from the back cover, so you've already read it. But I just, God, every time this comes up, and it's said in the movie too, I cringe. This, this paragraph is cringe. It's just, like, so dramatic. (laughs) Do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? I feel like you should. Okay. About three things, I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. (laughs) And scene. Did you have any notes from this second chapter that we didn't cover? 
Um, no, there was just a thing that I remembered really, really quick about the first chapter, chapter eight. Mm -hmm. Did you think it was weird or would you eat a meal with someone at a restaurant if they weren't eating a meal? Good question. I feel like this has happened to me. I feel like I've been both parties in this situation because there have been times when like I've gone out to dinner with a friend and like I'm just like listen I can't I can't spring the the money for it right now so I just like let them eat and I feel like I've been the other side of that equation too. I feel like yes just because I am all about food like I love food (laughs) and I think she realizes that he doesn't eat human food so it's kind of like either she eats well, and part of it, too, is that it's, like, a bargaining chip for her. I know this is not what you're asking, but it is, like, he says that if she eats, he'll answer her questions because um, he doesn't want her to go into shock. But also, I feel like Belle is the type to not want to make things awkward, and I feel like if there was, like, a plate of food just sitting there and her not touching it, it'd be hella awkward. That's fair. That is fair. What do you think? Um, I think it would depend on the situation, I don't know if I would, I think I would make a huge scene if it was my crush who, like, I didn't really know that well. They're like, I'm not eating. Well, I'm like, well, I'm not eating either. Like, I don't want to be the odd one out. But, like, if it was someone that I'd known for years or something like that, I think it would be different. But, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple things to mention here. So, for next week, we are just going to be doing chapter 10, which is called Interrogations. What are your predictions for that page? Well, there's definitely be some question asking for sure. Uh, if I know what an interrogation is, it's a series of questions. Um, I think it's just going to be more clarification as to what life is like being a vampire. I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge major plot mover, maybe, but I think it's just going to be more information regarding the supernatural element that involves Edward. Nice. I like that. Cool. So, yeah. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Um, We are on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at Taft, T-A-F-T, pod. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. Um, And yeah, just come on, interact with us, send us a DM if you want to. If not, that's cool too. But we'd love to hear from you if you want to. Um, And I think that's it. So thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm -hmm.